Welcome, everybody. It's your buddy, Gavin. Filibuster Freestyle, and we are going with an old-school summertime theme. That's right. It's the Red Sox 2023 midseason report with the sports jerks. Jeremy Johnson from Man Cook Good. Andrew Patterson also will join us. A coast-to-coast pod talking Red Sox. Also, one very outlandish take not related to baseball or the Red Sox. At the end, it involves auto racing. But before you turn that dial at the end of the show, hear us out because it's more of a comedic, far-fetched take than any type of actual real take. But Sports Jerks are coming in, so let's do the theme song. Before we do, be sure and get yourself some paraphernalia, whether it's a hat, whether it's a shirt, whether it's a hoodie, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, for your favorite team. Football season right around the corner. Baseball season is in full swing. Football meaning football meaning soccer season is right around the corner. All these things, you can go to PopSketch Designs at their Etsy store, etsy.com slash shop slash PopSketchDesigns, or you can follow them on Instagram and shop there at PopSketchDesigns, and you can get yourself some sports gear, some pop culture gear, some music, you know, gear of your favorite musician or artist type gear. How many times can I say the word gear in this promo? Bottom line is give them a follow on Instagram at PopSketchDesigns, and while you're there, Drilling Threes. Go to Drilling Threes. At Drilling Threes, America's favorite party band. Give them a follow as well. Drilling Threes, they are back. They are better than ever. And especially if you are in the Northeast, New England, Amtrak Corridor, etc. America's favorite party band. Whether it's a two-man acoustic band, three guys, four-person full band, or a five-piece absolute off-the-chains party band, Drilling Threes has got you covered for your private event, for your corporate event, for your wedding, or hey, they might be coming to a venue near you for a public show. Bars, restaurants, outdoor spaces, etc., etc., etc. So follow at PopSketch Designs and at Drilling Threes on Instagram. And you'll be glad you did. Tell them Filibuster Freestyle sent you. Filibuster, Filibuster Freestyle. Okay, everybody, the sports jerks have joined me. We are in the way, by the way, I don't think I said this in the preamble, in the new studio downstairs, it's not fully functional, but it's kind of like the Death Star in the Return of the Jedi, it's operational enough because we're podcasting. So joining me from literally down the street, but not in the studio, Andrew Patterson, how are you? I am good. I am good. Yeah. No, I am down the street from the uh, studio. It's very nice. I've, I've seen it. It is a, it's a very nice looking spot. Um, yeah, it's great to be in the area, even if we're still doing this on the phone. Well, 100%. And one of the reasons we're doing it on the phone is 3,000 miles from Andrew and myself, is he in the sound booth? Is he not? We're about to find out. Jeremy Johnson from Man Cook Good joins us. JJ, how are things out on the West Coast? They're hot. Yeah. They're hot. I'm in Burbank. I'm in the Subaru sound booth on A Street, not down Lee Street. Um, driving back to the West Side, and it's uh, it's nice, sweet ocean breezes. It's time to leave the valley. Well, I'll tell you what, it's Friday somewhere, and uh, for me, it's Friday here on a Thursday. And guess what, I, guys, guess what I found really quickly before we get into the pod? I'm talking Red Sox, by the way. Uh, the product of Puerto Rico, Medalla Light, which until today, 
I've never seen in the mainland United States. I went to a liquor store here in beautiful Norwood, Mass, and they had the Diet Light, and I said, on principle, I'm going to buy one, one six-pack, that is, and I'm going to drink one on this podcast. So that's what we're doing right now. Have either of you guys had the Diet Light before in Puerto Rico or otherwise? I have not. Tell me about it. I mean, basically, it's like a Bud Light from, from Puerto Rico, but you know what? Sure, sure. Okay. The, the novel, does, have, have, you had them previously in Puerto Rico, so does the beer transport you back? See, si, muy bien. Pero, by the way, uh, when I walked in tonight and I showed Cindy Harrington the six-pack container, she was pretty excited because she has had Medaya before and also didn't think it was available here in the contiguous United States. So we're off to a really good start here. Honestly, I don't want to give away a. Um, I don't want to give away a sponsorship of the week. But would this happen to have been at a liquor store in Norwood that is the size of a supermarket on Route One? No, it's not that one. It's on uh, Washington Street over in the Rama Plaza. Okay. Anyway, anyway there's your Norwood uh, alcohol purchasing talk for the evening. Everybody. Yes, sponsored by the Norwood uh, Chamber of Commerce. Anywho, guys, the Red Sox have made it to the All Star break. The National League won for the first time in a dozen years. We may touch on that later. However. I just want to say, I'll start with JJ in the car. Given that Las Vegas had this team at 78 and a half wins for the year as the over-under, and given that they're five games over 500 now, should they stand pat despite all the injuries and all the pitching issues, or should they start selling off the high-priced assets and trying to get some things for it and just go young and not tank, but just not play guys who are maybe helpful to other teams make their playoff push? I think that they should use whatever assets they have to acquire pitching at, at all times. Okay. Personally, I think that Duval is now redundant. I think that, in theory, Kike will probably just be designated, but he might have throw-in trade value someone. Yeah. And they, you always need pitching. You need 100 pitchers. You can never have enough. They're always getting hurt problems, you can put them in the pen, you can put them in the starting lab, anything, put them in Worcester, we always need pitching, everybody does, and when you're counting on guys with injury histories, uh, like we are, you need them even more, so yeah, they should, but I think, realistically, you know, this team could catch fire, and they could they could go on a deep playoff run, um, but I don't know, I don't think we're staring at a, a World Series team every day in and day out. I think we've got a good team with good players and more importantly to me, like we seem to have a plan and it's financially something that can is sustainable. But should we sell out and go for a first round playoff exit or playoff victory? I get I mean, I don't know. Like they're already at a level where they can go into the first round of playoffs and win four games. Oh, totally. I think so, Andrew. Stand pat or get rid of all the guys like like uh, Duval and guys who are getting decent money and and just make room for the young guys and get assets. Yeah, I mean, I think the plan is probably to get rid of Duval. I think that's why you've been seeing him get some reps over Duran and Cassis lately, maybe to showcase him a little bit. Um, so I don't think you're looking at selling off all your top prospects. For a no. run this year. No. You know, um, and I don't think the Red Sox are entertaining that prospect either. No. I think, I don't think they'll stand pat. I think they'll try to move some of their, you know, you could see an upper level guy get thrown into a mix, like an upper level uh, minor leaguer guy, guy get thrown into the mix or something. Um, but I think you see them put off people like Duval. Um, like Jeremy said, I think Kike is just not going to be on this team in one way or another. 
in four days, five days. I think he's got probably like a week left. Okay. Um, but, you know, you're not going to be able to do what you did last year with the buy and sell. So I think it's just going to be, what can they get? He'll probably look for something cheap on the market. He'll get roasted on Red Sox Twitter. Everybody will talk about how Heimblum um, is terrible and is ruining the Red Sox. Um, but it will probably be the best move for the team. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm on board, and, and we'll get into maybe the financial plan later that Jeremy alluded to. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no way this team should go for it this year. You're in fifth place in a five-team division, and, yeah, you would be – in third in all the other divisions and actually first in the lowly AL Central. But, yeah, now's the year to, like, stockpile for next year. I mean, the Rays are still excellent. The Blue Jays are playing out of their mind for the Blue, the, the Blue Jays. And the Orioles are really playing out of their mind. I don't know about the Blue Jays. Sorry, I meant the, I meant I the, or, I meant the Orioles. I, I think that the Red Sox are a playoff team. I, 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 well, very much could be a playoff team. Let me don't say, I'm not going to say are a playoff they team. They could be, yeah. I, could I think be. it's realistic. Um, I don't think standing pat is the right term. I think it's about moving the extra assets you have for some of the assets you need. Sure. Namely, a starting pitcher who's not going to get, who's not going to spend the rest of the season on the disabled list. Um, if well, you, I mean, think about who want to be, Right. Sorry. But you think about who wants the ball. It would be a team going on a playoff run that needs another bat. Sure. And it's like, yeah, you want to get this guy. I mean, he's a, he's a great hitter, and I, I, I'm I'm thrilled he's on a team. It's just a sentence of Jaron Duran is undeniable. Yeah, um, exactly. So we we trade him and we get a young arm. I don't care if he's a double-A pitcher, but if he's got some sort of juice that might end up becoming a uh, viable pitcher in the system, then I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah, no doubt. No, that's what I'm at. I'm that's not going to help us win this, you know, this year. Right. I don't. I mean, I don't think I'm ready to give up on this year. And call me hopeful. I'm not ready to give up on this year entirely. I don't think it's likely, but I think you're going to be in for a fun second half of the season. I think it's a team that, if they're healthy when they go into the playoffs, you need three starters. I think the team can put up three if they stay healthy. Have three good starters. That this is a team that could make a playoff run. But I don't think it's a team you need to do all the buying to make that playoff run. I think you try to see what you make work with the guys you got and maybe add another pitcher. Sure. No, I don't disagree. Uh, all right, Andrew, for you, uh, favorite guy on the team right now, but the caveat is he can't have been your favorite guy when the season started. Yeah, Jaron Duran. Everybody's answer yeah. should be Jaron Duran because if anybody told you Jaron Duran was their favorite player at the beginning of the season, they were an idiot or they didn't appreciate the game of baseball. And now that he's playing the way he is, he should be your favorite player. JJ, sounds like you agree. Yeah, there's really no debate. I mean, I suddenly love Jaron Duran. And that just yeah. happened like just like six weeks ago or something. I was like, holy crap, I have to watch everything this guy does. Um, yeah. Outside of the, you know, the 2023 Jaron Duran Award, uh, big fan of Connor Wong. Sure. Uh, yeah. Big fan of James Paxton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I I like Ref Snyder. You know, don't hate I don't him. love yeah. him, but I, I like Ref Snyder in the role that he's in. Justin Turner's outperforming our old buddy JD Martinez. So that was a pretty good swap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and Turner's one of these clubhouse guys that like are part of why a team is fun again. I mean, they're like there's just a bunch of grouchy, overpaid old guys. And now suddenly like they're really fun to watch. And they're a lot of fun. I'm really into it. Yeah, and that's yeah. why it's a good. And we haven't even mentioned uh, Brian Bayo yet, who is a revelation every fifth day. 
No, I mean, Brian Bale, so two things. To go back to Jaron Duran, too. If you remember, the only other time that Jaron Duran was fun to watch was spring training maybe two two years ago. Yeah, pre, pre uh, I'm doing my own research, pre-dogging it in the outfield last summer. Yeah, he. Or it might have. It might not even been last spring training. It might have been the spring training before. But whatever it was, he like was on fire in spring training, and you were like, "Oh my god, this kid's gonna be legit." And of course, the season started, and he played terribly. Um, and he's adjusted his swing, and he's adjusted what he's done at the plate maybe seven times in the past two years. He just kept changing it and changing it. Uh, and then this spring training, he had a great spring training again. He had this whole new approach at the plate. And it, and it works. It lands. Um, and that's awesome to see, right? And then Bayo, you had Pedro Martinez saying two years ago, this kid has potentially better than me. And you thought it was Pedro just hyping him up. Um, but man, the past months of Brian Bayo has been, it, it's Pedro vibes already. You know, I don't know. Call me super optimistic. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of blasphemous. I mean, Pedro was like first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. They're both skinny starting pitchers, and yeah. you know they're both they're both you know Dominican, and the comparison is hard to get past. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I, yeah. I'm loving it. But I don't see him going to the Yankee Stadium striking out at 18 guys. You know? Yeah, um, maybe not yet. No, Pedro was doing. I mean, Pedro was doing during the steroid, the peak of the steroid era. Yes. He was dominating in the best division in baseball. Again, I mean, it was like, it was an ascendant, like, deity-like performance every five days. And Absolutely. And, and Bayo's only done it for a month. But some of these starts that you've watched him do, and, you know, even getting into trouble in the first inning, the last one, and, and you know what I mean? And then going seven innings. You don't have people in baseball going seven innings right now. You don't have starting pitchers going seven innings and only giving up one run, as he has in how many of his last few starts? Yeah, he um, and Paxton are going seven innings every five days. It's like nobody's I mean, doing that. It, it's like it's it's so nice to have starting pitchers again. And Tanner Hawk was just starting to get to the point where he could get through the lineup three times, and then he got hit in the face. And you know, and, then, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you are telling me that, and, and again, small sample size for how small sample size for small sample size for all three. I get, I get it. But if you are telling me that those three pitch like they were in the past month, that that's not a team that can sneak and steal a, a playoff series or two, it absolutely 100 percent is. I believe that they can do that. Yes, but I don't know if you if you trade prospects for veterans. Right to win. That's that. fair question. No, that's fair. That's fair. And I don't know if you. I mean, but I don't think you can trade Paxton no. for for kids no. and prospects right now. So like, they're too good to trade Paxton. Right. But they're not good enough to like be like, look, we just need to like get a couple more players and we'll get over the top. Like they're like they're above the middle ground. Yeah. They just happen to play in the American League East. Right. Right. Yeah. It's pretty solid. So let's talk about the manager, Alex Cora. Uh, you, Jeremy, what, what letter grade are you giving him if you're a professor and why? I, you know, I give Cora a B plus in all regular seasons. Um, 
unless we're losing and not so much because we're losing, but because he gets really like snippy and bitchy when they're losing. Yeah. Which I think as the manager, like you have to talk to the press so much. It's just kind of a bad look, but I think he's an, he's an excellent manager and he's, um, he's looking out for his guys, but he's got his eye on, on winning a lot of baseball games. And he, um, he manages the roster really well. And he understands the sabermetric stuff, but he doesn't like, you know, he's not like at the the altar of mathematics every morning praying. He he goes and he goes with what he sees. He goes with his gut, but he also uses the numbers to make informed decisions. And then in the playoffs, he has a chance of becoming Mr. A-plus Alex Cora all over again because we've seen it. And we know what happens when he gets in a win-now mode. Right. Um, He's just he's just a super steady, calming presence at the manager position, and I'm thrilled that you know he's maintained that. That they brought him back when they brought him back, and I'm I'm all for it. I saw uh, Bobby Valentine does like I think he does TV now. I think I think it was like an Angels broadcast or something, and I was like, this boob, like. Did that really happen? You know, like it sure did. It's just been so many of those it incidents did. with the ownership group where you're like, "What happened there?" You know, like how did that become the outcome? That was awful, yeah. Andrew. What are you doing for, for Cora on a letter grade? I might go a little lower than Jeremy on the into the B range, only because um, this is the first year I looked at some of the things Cora does, and he, I might think he maybe is maybe a little too loyal. Uh, to some of his guys, if I played Major League Baseball, I would want Alex Cora to be my manager, and I think that's a huge thing, right? Yeah. Uh, how, how you quantify clubhouse manager? It, it, it's unfair. There, there's no really way to quantify it. But I, I think he stuck by Kike for long, far too long. Um, I think sometimes he makes some moves that you know are all, like seem too much player focused. This season, more than others, it looks like it's bit him and bit him a little bit. Um, but I still think he's a good manager. He should be the Red Sox manager. I'm not trying to say he should be fired, obviously. Um, I, I think he's a B manager. Okay. I think that's just who he is. And it's then, a 162-game season. You almost can't be an A-plus manager because you run right. too hot. Yeah. Like, right. You just got to, like, steer the ship. You get some giant boat, and you got to make it through the harbor. And <laughs> Who are some of the A plus managers who would have gotten it? Who would have gotten it all the time? Joe Madden, right? Look at Joe Madden, A plus manager. That's what everybody said, and he burns out in ten years. Right? Exactly. Like, oh, in ten years, like we shall be so lucky. And that was about eight years, ten years, and right. Yeah. But you know, Madden's one of these guys that tells you how smart he is too. So like, right? You know, and baseball writers love to write about how smart guys are. So like, correct. When they get an opportunity and somebody's spoon-feeding how smart they are, everybody lines up to agree with them. And I don't know, I, this isn't a Joe Madden podcast, but I've seen that guy choke and blink in some really high-pressure situations. You just see him like sitting there looking like he's got a bad hand at the poker table. I'm like, this guy doesn't have it. He's choking right now. Look at him. Get the camera back on him. Whereas no, I mean, I think he's not going to do that. No, I don't think it is. And I think it goes to that whole idea that there aren't A-plus managers in baseball. Those guys tend to, you know, have a shtick and it works for a team or it works for a little bit and then, it, and then it's gone. Cora's steady. Again, maybe a little too loyal, but I understand why players love him. If I played baseball, I would want to play for Alex Cora. Sure. If you take care of your players, they're going to keep showing up for you. 
Yeah. That's what makes you go from a B to an A manager at the end of the season because the players don't give up. They keep playing for you. Yeah, they're still on board. So, yeah, it's important. As a fan, like we're like, man, I mean, get this bum out of here or like, you know, really we're going to give him a day off? Like, he just had another day off, you know? But like, he takes care of his guys. He manages their energy. Love the stuff with uh, Massa. There's another guy that's still one of my favorite players that was not my favorite player at the beginning of the season. Sure. Big fan of Massa. And um, he takes care of him. There's all this stuff with him talking to his team, like his Japanese team, about how to like, manage his energy and how he's like struggled with like time zone changes and stuff. Mm. It, it's like that's just that kind of like player oriented managing that like you would never know about if you didn't root for a team like the Red Sox that has like 16 people writing about them every day. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a good point. So, and I do agree that that, that, Yet another example of a player who really likable player, really fun player. All right, Jeremy. Uh, actually, I know I want to save your your take on this, Andrew. Where are you going with the front office for a grade? I want to have Jeremy clean up on that. You know what? Um, it's hard for me to objectively grade the front office only because I want to give them an A plus because I think they get dragged so much. Less so for their less so for their moves or their roles other than I think the intense hatred that is there from some levels of Red Sox base is so annoying that um, I just want to give them a bad, like an A plus to spite that. Uh, realistically though, I, I think they're doing what they set out to do. Um, there's been some missteps obviously, right? But starting pitching and rotation as they've seen some struggles, right? But a lot of that he was handed. Um, but Kluber was clearly now a mistake. Um, you know, we've got some bad contracts on there at the major league level. Yeah. I think that if you look at their minor league system, what he took in and how he's been able to draft and build that system, you know, they need a little more pitching depth in it. But um, baseball perspectives, just put in Jeremy, you sent this the other day, just put out their top 10 list, or their top 50 list of the top 50 baseball prospects, and the Red Sox have number 9 and 10 overall. True. Two out of the top 50. So, JJ. Roman Anthony and Marcel Meyer. Yeah. JJ, yeah. Where, are you, where are you going? I mean, you, you're documented wealth on the text thread that, you know, you think the plan is a plan, and it's a workable plan. So... What are you thinking? Yeah, they, I give them an A. It's um, a lot of the guys, a lot of the, uh, you know, chips that he's put down that the front office has played to um, build the system that they want are starting to um, come of age. Like a lot of these players that are part of the Bloom administration, basically, the Bloom era, they're not holdovers from. Dombrowski and Charrington anymore. Yeah. His players are now starting to develop and the type of roster he likes to assemble is starting to develop. And like, all right, you know, maybe Trevor Story, um, you know, like he's the guy's injury prone, you know, like so maybe we, we had a little too much on him and not having a big league shortstop is is technically a problem. So yeah. um you know, and I think but I think not having Xander Bogart's Kind of sucking up the joint on a ten-year, you know, four hundred million. million dollar contract is pretty good. True, um, but not having a shortstop is a bad look. 
Meanwhile, though, you've got all these guys that are bloom guys that are that are coming of age and they are cheap as chips right now. And it gives them the financial flexibility. Like, what we can only have a couple more contracts to get out of before he can really like we can actually see like what this guy's like uh, philosophy on money is because we don't want to be the Rays. I do. I want to be the Dodgers. Is what I want them to be. Sure. Or they develop like the Rays. They they have young players coming up every year. They're helping the big league club. They also have young players they can trade for veterans for the big league club. And when they see a player that they identify as somebody that can help them, they pay them. And uh, you know, we we showed a little bit of that with Devers. Uh, I think you know you get. You get some guys that are expensive, that are building blocks, and then everyone else is a mix of young guys on their way up, and then you plug and play with some flyers. Now, Kluber didn't work out, and Kike didn't work out, but Justin Turner's working out. And I think every year you're going to see Bloom, and Paxton's working out, every year you're going to see Bloom go bargain shopping and pick up some guy that blew out at UCL or who's, like, available and reaching that middle part of their career where, like, yeah. they're not really too exciting anymore, but they know how to play baseball really well. And he's going to go and get them for, like, that $10 million, $12 million zone right. on short money and see who hits. He did it with Waka last year. You know, Waka's, like, turns out that was a great call. He just wasted it on a team. We'll yeah. find out. The grade is incomplete because – his biggest, like, what's going to define him for the 2023 season is going to be the trade deadline and how that works out. Sure. Well, that's why it's the midseason we report. We traded everyone last year. We can all say that. Like, yeah. why, did, why did we not? And yeah, they dropped the ball last year. That me. We, we, like, he's, like, he, he's pussyfooting around. Like, the ownership and he are pussyfooting around. They don't want to make all these grouchy guys even more grouchy. And... They didn't, they didn't do what was in the best interest of the franchise. Right. And it's not like people were flooding Fenway Park anyway. Like, the team kind of stunk down the stretch. And it, it wasn't inspirational at all to watch or listen to. And we had a bunch of guys of value that we could have traded. Baca, Ubaldi come to mind. JD. I mean, how did JD not get traded? Right. Xander, we had that little dance where, like, they, had, they pretended. Like, this is, like, our, their number one priority for the offseason. three signing Xander. No, it isn't. No, it wasn't. Right. It's still not. It wasn't then, and it wasn't, you know, the day he left. And we had to all pretend like that was, like, the case. I, I still am unclear on what exactly the um, decision-making and the PR side, those decisions were made um, by who. And it's a Red Sox theme, really, or the whole time that these guys have owned the team. We don't really know who's making some of these decisions. But in terms of player development and player acquisition for this season – I think they've done a fantastic job, and I, I'm really excited to see what the future holds. Sure. Uh, I think one other thing about the future, though, too, is that you also have to recognize Han Bloom has changed the minor league organizational structure in terms of analytics, in terms of how many coaches they have, in terms of how they're organizing, like their their coaching and their hitting and their pitching at that level. Um, so even some of these guys that maybe he didn't draft or he didn't sign, right? Because you have to think of Eddie Romero, who runs the international scouting department. Um, yeah. If they're developing really well over the past three years, they're developing really well in a system that Heim Bloom, you have to give him credit in that baseball operations department, has set up. Very true. 
So well, look at like how the Rays produce like six new starting pitchers every year. Right. Right. And they come. They have like a hundred guys in the bullpen because they do those bullpen games all year long. And they burn them all out. Right. But they all throw gas. They all have some nasty biting pitch, and that's because of their development side. Yes. And if we just get that up and running. We're identifying guys who, like, other teams are like, yeah, he's not working for us, and the stats aren't good. And, you know, Bloom and his guys are like, mm, no, well, we saw, saw he's got a 270-degree you know, spin on his, you know, on his cutting breaking ball pitches, and we can take that and turn it into this, that, and the other thing if we just turn his wrist in this direction and repeat it. Right. Then, you know, then we're, we're talking, like, the most valuable resource in the sport is young starting pitching. Right, And it's all they need to develop. And everything else will fall into place because you can turn starting pitching into anything. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're setting it up well. And the, the, the multi-year plan, I think, is going well overall. And I think, to your point, thus far this year, you've got to be pretty happy with the, with both who who walked and who, who came in and the pricing of both. So let's just get, let's cut to the chase. I'm up against it. Going to break the fourth wall for the listeners. I'm up against bath time here. Not my own bath, of course, but for Charlotte, the producer. Uh, Red Sox, um, they may or may not win the AL, AL East and or the American League pennant. But um, regardless of the Red Sox, let's say anybody else in the American League, who's winning the AL East, boys? And then who's winning the American League pennant? And we'll get out of here on those. Uh, the Rays are winning the East. Um, Pennant, give me a minute. I got to think through my options, Jeremy. I want to hear yours. Oh, it's the double rays. Uh, I think both are double rays are doing both. Um, I mean, I, yes, they're going to lose in the World Series because that's their that's what they do. franchise, as far as I'm concerned. They can never win a World Series. The Braves are winning that. Even if they win the World Series, I will not acknowledge it. It'll be like a, <laughs> like, when, like we like boycott the Olympics. It's an asterisk, yeah. Like, well, that's why I was having a hard time picking them to win the, the the AL pennant. I mean, I don't want to pick the Astros again, but it can always be the Astros. Um, it's hard for me to fully believe in the Rangers right now. Um, so yeah, probably the Rays, but the but the Braves win the World Series. Guys, who watches a Braves Rays World Series? Nobody or negative? Negative nobodies. Negative. I do. The Braves are a fun team. Okay, good. Good answer. Okay. Uh, actually, you know who I want to see in the World Series? I got to give my heart pick for the World Series other than the Red Sox, though. If you're not rooting for the Cincinnati Reds right now, oh, they're so uh, fun. there's something wrong with you as a human being. So fun. JJ, what were you saying? I, I would watch the Braves in the National League playoffs, but if they go to the World Series against the Double Rays, I'm not watching because it's not happening. Got it. I just don't. I don't acknowledge the double race. I can't. I can't do it. Guys, they shouldn't I, exist. The team is an abomination. They, yeah. they belong in Montreal. Definitely. And um, I'm so tired of having to deal with. Uh, how much better? How much better their, uh, sports teams would the AL East be if that franchise were in Montreal instead of St. Petersburg, Florida? I mean, there needs to be a team in Montreal, and they need to be the Expos. Oh, and they need to have those dope uniforms. Those dope, dope, dope uniforms. Flirting with it with like the pretend, oh, half a season in Montreal, half a season in Tampa. Stupid. Don't do it. Tampa doesn't deserve a team like the Rays, an organization that is as good as the, you know what I mean, like that has as good baseball as the Rays, not the organization itself. Moving to Montreal, following the Expos, bring back the best uniform in all professional sports. Guys. You tell me there's no like ultra wealthy Canadian guy who doesn't want to become like a god. Yeah, how does this not happen, Jay? Buy the Rays, build a, a retractable roof stadium, 
And for Montreal, it's like the coolest road trip ticket ever in the American League. And by the way, that was what that was in 1994 when they were leading the National League and were going to win the pennant probably. And then they went on strike. And for whatever reason, people of Quebec just got butthurt about it and never went to a game again, uh, where the rest well, of us kind of came back. Like, they have like 72 nice days a year. Sure. And they played in like a concrete tomb. Correct. Yeah. You got you to gotta give them so a little like, bit of vibes. Right. You got to give them need, vibes. You need to let them be outside. Agreed. And then they'll turn into like a Labatt ear garden. Well, to your point. And it'll be a party. Yeah. To your point, if they do what, what they've done in Miami in terms of a retractable roof, relatively small stadium that, you know, can withstand the bad weather but let you embrace the good weather, bing, bang, boom, you're back in it. And I honestly, yeah. you, you can't beat the unis. You can't beat, you cannot beat Montreal in the summertime. It's just for those of you listening who might be in Quebec, good for you, Trebian. And for the rest of us, if you don't go to Montreal in July at least once in your life, you're missing out. Um, sports Jerks, great show tonight. Love it. Filibuster Freestyle presents the Sports Jerks coast to coast. Andrew Patterson, Jeremy Johnson. Make sure you follow Jeremy Johnson at Man Cook Good. The Instagram's popping. And then Andrew's agent, Curtis Fingers. You can follow Curtis Fingers on Instagram at Curtis Fingers and Threads. Both both yeah, Curtis Fingers and Man Cook Good are on Threads, we're on threads right? Now. He loves it. Does he? Good, 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 good. Well, let, let him know that I'm also on threads at Filibuster Freestyle as well. So, JJ, stick around for a minute from the sound booth. Andrew, stick around for a minute from the not sound booth. Both of you, thanks for being on. Everybody else, let's go Red Sox. Tom Werner, let's go Red Sox.